This is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. I am ready for what God has for us here today. Reset is the word of the month, and I believe it's God's desire to completely reset who we are and to make us more like Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, the thing is, it doesn't matter how long you've been on the journey of faith with the Lord. God is ready to work, and He's ready to anoint. He's ready to have that blood of His put within your life to heal and to silence that devil. And to work anew in your life. So let's give God praise for that today. Amen. So in our message today, I was thinking about how to start it, as I always do. And God just kept bringing me back to this idea of circles. And I can't help but think about how God uses circles. I think about how the earth rotates in one full circle. And that's how we have a new day. And how it even rotates around the sun and, and even when we have a new year. I think about how God uses a wedding ring and how that wedding ring symbolizes how the two have become one. I think about even with a woman in her womb and how even it can produce a new life through a child. And it's evident even in that moment with that new life that God uses circles. In fact, how many of you ever heard that phrase that I'm coming around full circle? Coming around full circle. God uses full circuit <laughs> circuits and circles. God uses full circle moments that allow us to experience his love and his goodness and his grace and his holiness in such a way to where when we see the effects of that revolution. Are you with me, church? Are you with me? That when you see the revolution that God has begun with us and we can see from where we started and to where we're going and even to where we end, God uses even the circles within our lives. Yes. A full circuit moment. You guys ready? Yes. I want you to say this with me. All right. A full circle moment. Say that. Full circle moment, full circle moment. is when a version of you experiences, experiences. Something, that transpired something that transpired when a lesser version of you, version of you existed. existed. That's a full circle moment. <laughs> when a version of you experiences something that transpired when a lesser version of you existed. Because we don't start out in the top in our journey of faith. God works and produces fruit through us. He, he moves us into different places, into scary places, because sometimes He wants to see the faith that we so proclaim with our lips. He wants to see with our hearts and with our lives. And so that lesser version of who we are is a person that on this end of the journey is much more anointed and maturing and growing in the Lord. That's a full circle moment. And I don't know about you, but when I graduated high school, and I walked across that Grace Baptist Church and school, and I was able to get that diploma that I had been working on for all those 12 years of academics and all those foreign French classes that I had to take that I still can't remember, but God bless the French anyway. 
That was a full circle moment for me in my life, when able to grab hold of that diploma. A full circle moment in my life was when I accepted a call into the ministry and I said yes to the Lord, despite all of the craziness and entanglements that even that can have. God gave me everything I needed. He gave me a wife who loved me and helped me and worked with me through all of that. He gave me a Bible college to go to that was affordable. It was a full circle moment. I just want you to know that in these full circle moments, oftentimes we can see that the original source of position or situation that we can be in oftentimes can come to a complete 180, 360 degree turn in your life. But when God is with you in the circle, when God is with you in the circle, your steps are anointed through Him. Amen. So we're going to learn about what circles can teach us about life today. You guys ready for that? Amen. Let's turn to the Word today. Let's turn to the Word. I want us to look at Joshua here today. Joshua's got a lot to say about things, about circles. You know, one of the verses that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, in a way, is a circle, full circle verse. Romans 8, 28. Remember, all things work together for good to them that love. That's a full circle verse. How many of you, that's like your life verse? Amen. Amen. That's a full circle moment. Today, we're going to be looking at some walls in, in Joshua. And so oftentimes we do have our full circle moments. But what happens in life is that there are walls that sometimes want to come between our destination and journey within the circle. There are some things that the enemy is working and building right now to try to stop you in your tracks of where you're going. And so there's these walls that get built up. And, and anytime you come in your full circle moment, you've got these walls that are right in front of you. Oftentimes, what do we do? run away we get scared we hide but today i want to i want to give you encouragement if that's somewhere where you're in your life right now where you got some walls i want to give you some encouragement because there's a posture that we can learn in the scripture that we can take when we're in our walk when we're within our circle let's stand for the reading of the word of, of god today and let's read from joshua we're going to read the whole chapter because it's all got something blessed and anointed for us here today. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out. No one came in. Do you have anything like that in your life this morning? Nothing's going in, but nothing's going out. This is for you. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all of the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, the horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. Woo. God's taking care of business today. 
Verse 6 says, So the Joshua son of Nun called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army to advance and to march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. And the armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. And all of this time the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, and do not even say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout! And so he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Hmm. There's that word. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early. Somebody say early. early. He got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And then the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord, blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. And so on the second day, they marched around the city once. And returned to the camp. And they did this for six days. I want you to look at that verse and say six days. Six days. Amen. Now, on the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. And the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city, all that is in it, are to be devoted to the Lord. And only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared, because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So when the trumpets sounded, do you hear those trumpets? Do you hear the trumpets? This is when the trumpets sounded. The army shouted and at the sound of the trumpet, when the man gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. Hallelujah. And so everyone charged in and they took the city and they devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. Men and women, young, old, cattle, sheep, donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brother, her sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out the entire family and put them in place around the camp of Israel. And when they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they had the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men. That Joshua had sent spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Someone say, to this day. To this day. And at this time, Joshua pronounced his solemn oaths. 
Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. And so the Lord was with Joshua. And his fame spread throughout the land. Give God praise for that today. Give God praise. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Dear Jesus, Lord, this is all for you here today. Lord, I offer up my, myself to be used as your vessel, Lord, to proclaim this message, to preach this message. Lord, to what, whoever this is for, Lord, I pray that right now you open up the eyes and the hearts of those who are here today. And I pray this in your name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You guys may be seated. I love this story of Joshua and I love this story of Jericho. I'm sure this, for many of you, isn't a new story. You've probably grown up hearing this story. But I want you to know that there is power in this story today. Joshua and the children of Israel had finished their 40-year trek in the wilderness. How many of you have ever been at a 40-year trek in the wilderness in your life? Okay? Some of you are like, I, I've got to 40 and I'm good. <laughs> I'm past 40. I've done 42 times in my circle now. <laughs> and I'm good. But they had went through a 40-year trek in the wilderness. They had crossed the, the, the Jordan. They were ready to sweep and to go into the long-awaited promised land that God had promised to them. But they faced this great obstacle. They faced the city of Jericho. This city that no one else could take over and penetrate. It was an unsolvable problem through the eyes of regular humans. I mean, this city was vast. It was powerful. It was in their path. And it had a pretty good record of being undefeated. But let me ask you this. Do you have any problems like that in your life this morning? That just seem vast? That seem powerful? That to you, they just don't seem that they can be defeated? Do you have any walls in your life that you're facing right now like that? Because for the Israelites, the Lord's solution was very, 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 I'm going to say very strange. Very strange. You know, they say when God works in mysterious ways, well, this is one of them. He told them to march around that city one time a day for six days. And then to march around the city seven times on the seventh day. And then afterward, they were going to blow their trumpets and they were going to shout with a great shout. And the walls would fall down flat. Now, if you were going to war, this would be probably some of the worst advice that you would give to your generals to your lieutenants as they would try to take and conquer the land. But this is what God wanted to use because God had a whole plan for how he wanted all of this to be orchestrated. And so what may seem strange to us in our walk and in our circle with the Lord might seem strange to us in that moment, but God has a purpose and a plan for it. The question is, what is that lesson for us? What do we face as being unsolvable? What, what are some of the things in our lives that seem to be securely shut up? It could be a pet sin that we're hiding. It could be that we need to realize that the things that we face daily are some things that God wants to work through daily. 
And he expects us to encircle. Somebody say encircle. And encompass. Encircle and encompass. Amen. He wants us to do these things as we get these problems and situations within our lives. Let's take a look at that within the word today. Because again, God loves to use circles in our lives. And so my first point is very simple. If you have a situation that seems bigger than you, whatever that is, you need to encircle it with prayer. So somebody say this out loud today. Say encircle, encircle. with prayer. Encircle with prayer. Because before we even get to the story of Joshua, can I share a little something with you here today? Before we even get to this story, there was a prayer. There was a cry that was sent out to God from the mouths of the Israelites that says this in the book of Exodus chapter 2, verses 23, 24, and 25. This is what the word of the Lord says. It says, the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. They were crying out in their worst situations, crying out for help because of their slavery. And it says that it went up to God. Verse 24. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant with Abraham. He remembered his covenant with Isaac. He remembered his covenant with Jacob. And so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. This happened a long time before Joshua and the battle of Jericho. And so we see this circle beginning through this prayer. Now, it could be really easy for most of us on this side we would want to go from that prayer to go straight to the battle of Jericho. But God had purposes and plans because he needed to have a leader in place. So he had Moses. So there was the whole story of Moses and his whole life. And then, and then there was the Israelites being freed from Pharaoh and the plagues. And then there was the, the, the miracle of the Red Sea crossing. It was a physical way for the Israelites to see that God was with them and that their faith wasn't just misplaced, that God was working through their situations in their circle. And then they even had the wilderness. And for some, the Israelites might have got discouraged because they were like, I thought this was going to be something different and something better. But God had a plan even through the pain. And so now we've come full circle. Amen. We've come full circle. Because this generation is ready to go into that land that has been promised by the Lord. That promised land is a promise that I believe God wanted to keep as he heard their prayer, even in the book of Exodus. Give God praise that he still hears your prayers and he knows what you need best in your life as you begin to pray. Praise God for that this morning. Yes. Amen. in the Bible that the Lord's people face an unsolvable problem? How many times have they ever come across something and encompass it with prayer and beseeching it to the Lord and asking Him to do what no human power could do? Even before 
the prayer in Exodus, I can look at like Abraham and his servant praying for a bride for Isaac. And then, like I talked about, the Israelites praying at the Red Sea to be delivered. Even moving forward, we see Hezekiah facing the invasion of the Assyrians in 2 Kings, praying for deliverance. We see even in the New Testament of a prayer sent out by the Apostle Peter, praying for the church's deliverance. God delivers. Yes. Amen. Give him praise for that. And there's a circle to all of that. What problems are you facing in your life right now? What sins do you feel like might be defeating you? What situations have you up all night and depressed all day? God is ready to take care of it right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The walls that you're hitting in your life and the circles that you have. God's ready to carry you through. And he hears you today. Because any situation that you face, and as elementary as I can preach it, and you might have heard it a hundred times in your Sunday school class, but the truth of it is, is this. We don't do it enough, I believe, as humans, is that when we face a situation that makes us sad, we just oftentimes dwell into the sadness. If we get something that really fires us up and makes us angry, we just get mad. But what if in those moments, instead of giving in to so much of that, that we just took that moment to pray? And we began to encircle the situation with prayer. And so when you're fighting battles, instead of running away, we begin by inviting God into the battle and to encircle our battles for us. Praise God. We serve a God who wants to fight your battles for you. Amen. Amen. Give him praise. Come on, give him praise. This is what he does. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. And he does all of that for you in your life. He's ready to listen. He's ready to hear your cry out to him today. Give him praise for that. The next point I want to make today is as we look at the story of Joshua and the, and the battle of Jericho. As as simple as this point may be, I think we often forget this just even sometimes more than the first point. But my next point is this. Say this with me. Say encircle, encircle. the problem, the problem. With, praise. with praise. Encircle the problem with praise. Because it says here in the scriptures that on the seventh day, someone say the seventh day. Seven it says that Joshua said to shout, shout. Shout for the Lord because he has given you the sin. Yes. You see, the ability to praise God and to praise the Lord in the midst of the impossible. It's a powerful secret. It's a powerful secret that when you begin to cry out and you ask God to infill your situation with his presence, Satan can no longer abide within that situation because you're inviting the divine presence of God. You're inviting his healing power. You're inviting that precious blood of Jesus to begin to work and to move and to encircle those situations. And Satan can't abide when the blood is in effect. An old hymn translated from the, the German says this, Does sadness fill my mind? A solace here I find. 
May Jesus Christ be praised. Oh, fades my earthly bliss. My comfort still is this, that may Jesus Christ be praised. As the night becomes day, from when my heart we may say, may Jesus Christ be praised. The power of darkness fear when this sweet chant they hear. May Jesus Christ be praised. Amen. Amen. Give him praise. He give him praise because we know that the power of praise, it can heal the limp that you have within your walk and life with him. But here's the question is, does the power of praise even come from your lips when, when you're down and out? Maybe that doesn't make much sense to you. But you see, we're talking about an upside down kingdom. You remember last week we talked about the upside down kingdom? You see, in this upside down kingdom, whatever problems may have you in the pits and despair, it's going to be praise that's going to help get you out of those pits and despair in your life. The praise of God is powerful. Why is praise powerful? Why did God choose to use the power of praise to encircle the walls of Jericho? Why did he do that? And that's because he knows that praise can do things that nothing else can. What praise does, and this is why we sing songs, this is why we, we, we praise God in church, this is why we do all of this. We don't just sing songs just to see how, how we sound and if we can make an American Idol church checklist someday. We don't do that. We sing the praise of God because the praise of God helps unite our hearts and our minds and helps set our ears to hear and our eyes to see the very presence of God that wants to come and work and to move in this place. And so when we're tuned into God, much like the right FM radio station, we're tuned into his presence. And so that's what praise does. It tunes us in to the very divine and presence of God. And we can't do that through any other means other than setting our focus all on Him. Now some of this might make some sense of why we open up our hands when we worship. It's because we're saying, God, I'm ready to receive more of you and a whole lot less of me. I'm ready and I'm open to listen to this channel that I want you to work through within my life. I've got doubt and negativity in my mind, but I'm asking you, God, to take that out right now because I need a word from you that only you can speak and that only you can do. And the power of praise opens all of that. You see, whatever kind of situation you find yourself in, it could be that jealousy is rearing within your, your view. It could be that you've just thought about doing yourself in. Let me tell you this, it's the power of praise that's going to get you out. It's the power of praise. The devil knows when he's got you. And when you don't shift your perspective, when your perspective stays on the situation, you're going to stay stuck in the situation. But praise God, he's given you a head and eyes to lift up to him and says, where does my help come from? And says, I look with my eyes up into the hills, up into the Lord, and I know where my help comes from. Church, where does your help come from? That's why I say shout to the Lord. There is power in the cry to God. There is power 
in praise. And so this morning, I just want you to know that praise within our circle will always move you forward. But when we look on our situations, it always sends us backward. But praise, praise God that his praise can move you forward within your life today. Give him praise for that. Amen. <laughs> Lastly, my second to last point, I'm sorry. Say this with me. Say encircle the problem with faith. Circle the problem with faith. You see, the, the story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho has many powerful elements, but one of the most powerful elements that I see through prayer, through, through praise, is the fact that these people did this and they took those steps in faith. What an act of faith for Joshua and the Israelites in this story. They had no organized army, there was no massive weapons of destruction. There was nothing but, praise God, sheer obedience to the Lord and to His command on what He was asking them to do. And that's the only word they had in going against a powerful army. They didn't have anything else. There was no missiles. There were no, no weapons and axes or anything that you can think of. They didn't even have a, a hammer and nail to go up against these guys. All they had was the command of God to do what he told them to do. And the results were going to be that the walls would fall down. And so the problem for so many of us is, is we can hear that word that God says step out of faith. But the problem is we never do. We would rather stay comfortable. Hebrews 11.30 says this. says that it's by faith. <laughs> it's by faith that the walls of Jericho fell down after they were enclosed for the seven days. It says that they came down because of the faith. Faith is important to the Christian life. Because when we have unsolvable problems, when we encompass them with prayer, when we encompass them with praise, our next step is then continuing and walking around them with faith until the walls fall down within our hearts and within our lives because the Lord is sent to deliver us from those that want to do evil. The devil wants to do evil to you. But God sent you a deliverer. His name is Jesus. And he wants to set you free. He wants to set you anew. He wants to make things to where you don't have to fight these battles alone. And it's when we have faith and we take those steps of faith that God responds accordingly to those steps of faith. And here's the thing. When you start walking in faith, don't stop. If it feels weird, don't stop. If it doesn't look right, don't stop. Because God's got something for you in your life. And your walk is going to look different than your neighbor's walk. Because God's going to put you on a different path to possibly minister to other people. God's going to have you in your walk to talk to other people that your neighbor will not. But if you walk in faith, and if you surround that walk with prayer and with praise, God's going to use your walk in a miraculous way. Praise God for that. Amen. Because when the world will tell you that faith and everything about faith is this made up stuff, 
you'll know in your heart and your life because you'll experience that faith is not. So give God praise. Keep moving along on that path of faith that God's laid out for you. Last but not least, I want us to encompass, say encompass, encompass our problems with perseverance. Perseverance. It means we don't stop. That means we keep going. Notice the successful result of the walls of Jericho coming down. They didn't come down the first day, did they? How many, how many times did they have to walk around in faith and perseverance? On the seventh day. For some of you, you give up on the first day. <laughs> you see the first day and it was tough enough. Lord, I don't know if I can make it through. But it took seven times for them to be walking and for the walls to fall down. You know, I know this. Each wall within our lives has a brick. And each brick can be composed of a situation, a dysfunction, a sin, a problem. And what we often do in our lives is we build up our own walls within our hearts and within our minds. And that's why we feel so comfortable sometimes <coughs> staying in certain places in our faith and within our wall. Because we have helped build up all of this stuff that surrounds us. But God is saying today that for every wall and that for every brick, that for everything that we have tried to make into place, God is saying this today. Is that they must fall. They must fall. Why? Because God doesn't want to come second fiddle to your walls this morning. He is too powerful. He is too strong. And he is too holy to come second fiddle to the walls that we surround ourselves in. And so, if you're worried about a particular thing today, something that's robbing you of your sound sleep at night, I want us today to put those things, and I want us to be able to, to take those things to the Lord today. I'm going to close the service in a, in a really different way today. Are you guys with me on that? Because this is what the Lord's just been putting in my heart since the beginning of the week. Every day in studying this, I've just encircled this whole sanctuary prayer. In fact, I know that where you're sitting has been prayed over and anointed several times this week. Because it would be ill of me as your pastor to tell you about all of this stuff, but not to be able to practice it for my own self. No, we're going to walk around the sanctuary seven times. You know why? There's names in our prayer bulletin and our prayer requests that need prayer. There's situations in our church that need prayer. And I don't know about you, but there's a lot of empty seats in this church. And so for every empty seat this year, I'm challenging. That's a person that needs to be in church here. There's 160 seats. But I serve a God who can do miracles. And so we're going to be praying. And so what I want us to do is just kind of follow. We're going to make a line. Okay. 
I'm going to be praying out loud. I don't care how you pray. You can follow along. You can close your eyes. Just follow through. We're going to pray today in, in, in a walk. Because we're going to pray for the presence of God to anoint this place in such a powerful way. And if you have some situations and, and other things within your life, we do have our altars open. And, and we want to pray with you and pray over you. And so I'm just asking that today. I'm going to have everybody stay up and close our, our service like this. I want us to come in right behind Daryl here. We're going to have kind of this line. We're going to go around seven times today. And as we go around seven times, pray about something that the Lord is placing on your heart. Pray about something that God wants to do. If you have nothing to pray about, just start breaking out in a song. Start singing something of praise. It doesn't matter what it is and it doesn't matter how it sounds. I'm going to invite us today to join within this on this walk because I want you to know that as we take these steps of these walks around the church, that God wants to do something powerful today. And that everything that we encircle here is going to be encircled with His, His might and His power. So I'm going to start and we can just follow along. Pray out loud. Pray whatever you want to do. Praise. But let's just give God this moment here today. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as I take this congregation, Lord, on this walk here today, that in the name of Jesus, as we walk around this sanctuary, Lord, as we walk around this place, Lord, that can seem so familiar and can be so um, easy to sometimes forget that, Lord, this is a place that you need to work and move through. Lord, remove us to help you be present here. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that for every situation that is mentioned within our prayer bulletin, Lord, that you be with. God, we give you praise today because who has done so many miracles in this house today. You are one God that we serve and we love because we know that you have come and to deliver. Lord, we know that these altars have been used, Lord, to have your presence manifested here for your glory to be surrounding this place. And so, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give you praise for that and ask, Lord, that you work anew here today, that you work anew within our lives. Lord, Lord Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus that you continue. Lord, we give you praise for what you've done. We give you praise for all of the things, Lord, that you have done for us within our lives. Lord, as we have come through 2021 with some, sometimes just scars and different things, some of us have, have lost things in last year. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will come to work and restore the things that we've lost. Lord, there are things within our lives, Lord, that we can only give to you. And so, Lord, I pray that for us. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will heal the wounds that we have within us, Lord. 
Lord Jesus, I ask that you just work within this congregation today. We surround this sanctuary, Lord, with prayer and with praise because we want to encircle the things, Lord, that might be hindering us. Father, we encircle the things, Lord. This, this is important because we know that every seat here can represent somebody. Every seat here can be representative into a knowing and knowledgeful grace of you. And so we pray for every single seat, Lord, in the name of Jesus to be touched by the blood, to be healed, Lord, to find salvation. Every single seat in this sanctuary, Lord, is sacred and important. Not because of number, but because of who can fill that seat. Because I know, I believe that you have called us and made us to be your temple, Lord. And so the church can only be something, Lord, when we Move into your presence. You to come into our hearts and within our lives. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, just for that gift. As we walk around here, I think of about the situations, Lord, that we face as a congregation. From the sickness of life to the toils of loneliness and despair. To the, to the ways that, Lord, that sometimes we, we may forget even sometimes some, the, the simple things of faith. God, I pray that You restore to us a hunger for more of You. God, I pray that our altars be filled every Sunday with at least someone that desires more of You. I pray for our services to be able to be something, Lord, to where we can be outward looking and to where we can be encompassing into our community, to where we can set up the tent of glory within this community that needs to know you personally. God, I pray for that this morning. I pray for people to come into a knowing and knowledge of who you are. And Jesus, we surround this a special place that you want to meet with us. But the great thing about you, God, is you can meet us wherever we are at. So God, whether it's here, whether it's in our bedrooms, whether it's out on the city streets, at our jobs, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you go before us and that you speak to us. Lord Jesus, this is what you would have us to do. And so, Lord, I pray for anything within this circle here today, whatever things that we might be laying, people that might be sick, people that this, this community, Father, I encircle all of it over with you here today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you deliver and that you work and that you heal and that you move. Lord, we have our, our boards today that we encircle in faith. There are names on this board that need you in this personal way. And I pray for these boards today. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that they will have an encounter and experience in knowing you and in serving you in love and in grace and in mercy. I pray for that, Lord, today that you will come and work. Lord, use every single servant that you have within this place today to tell someone about your gospel, to tell someone about your love, and to tell someone about your goodness. May they be able to see it through our lives because we just offer our, our lives to you here today. Lord, this is all for you. And so, Lord, I just want to praise you. For all of the ways that you have shown your glory and all of the ways that you have presented yourself to us here within this church. For all.
the miraculous for everyone that's been healed. I just simply pray that you come and you work and you move and you touch this place, Lord Jesus. And Lord, as we begin to close this walk today, as we begin to, to close all of these things, Lord, that we've been praying about, Lord, that offers up the prayers of the saints, offering up the prayers of incense of praise to you here today. God, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you do and work and move through all. For some of us, this has been one of those weird church things. <laughs> For some of us, this it might have been a, a big exercise. For some of us here today, God, this is exactly what you wanted and what you needed for us to be in, a part of today, to understand. And so, God, I pray that you put within our church DNA the encirclement of, of these things, the encirclement and the encompassing, Lord, is that when we pray, Lord, we encircle. Because we're looking for walls to fall down today. We're looking for things to break. I want you, to God, to break through to us in such a real way today that only you can come and speak and move and work. That, Lord, your love is outpouring into us and that it's overflowing into us and that the overflow of your Holy Spirit is just felt in this place. That when we go to lunch and that when we have our time at home today, Lord, that Spirit overflows where we're at. God, I just simply pray for that here today. Whoo, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for me. God, for setting up your glory. Thank you, God. There are people here that are needing you and reaching out to you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here today. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, this is all for you. And so at this time, as we just close our time of prayer, we just thank you. I just thank you, Lord. My hands up high. I'm ready to receive more of you. And with our hands up high for the Lord, there are some out here. They are ready to receive more of you. They want more of you. Lord, we want more. We want more. I don't want anything else. I just want more of you. I just want to ask in your love. I want more of you. I don't want anything else. Lord, I have enough of this other stuff in life that doesn't satisfy God. I just want more of you. I just want more of you, Lord. I just want more of who you are. And my prayer is that others have the same. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, praise today. Amen. Oh. Amen. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. Amen. Amen. Um, before we leave, this may take, I don't know. I know everyone's getting their stuff. Does anyone have just a testimony you want to give of the Lord today before we leave? God working in your life. lives here today. I felt His presence. And I want more of that. And I hope that you do too. So today as we leave, I want you just to have that overflow of the Spirit. I want it just to overflow to the people that you're eating lunch with. 
I want it to overflow to your family. I want it to overflow. Overflow. Because God wants to break down the things that hinder us in our walk with Him. And I believe today. Give Him praise. Amen. Well, let's stand. And uh, I just want to bless you today in the name of the Lord. And I just want to simply say that may God shine His light upon you. And may His blessings be ever-present and evident within your life. You guys are dismissed this Hey, thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Greencastle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.